Hey everyone, it's Adam and you're listening to the Embrace Podcast. God is doing so many incredible things at all of our physical locations in South Dakota, in Minnesota, and also online. Learn more about Embrace and how to get connected at IamEmbrace.com. I hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump in. Hey guys, it is so good to see all of you. A huge happy Easter. My name is Adam. I'm one of the pastors here at all of our campuses, all of our network churches, to all of you with us online. I cannot say this strongly enough. We are so glad that each and every one of you are here. Friends, today we come and we celebrate the fact that the tomb is still empty, that Jesus is alive. And I don't know about anyone else, but I'm so grateful that Jesus is alive. And so we come to celebrate today, and we're excited that you're here, but I just want to personally invite you to come back and join us next weekend. Next Sunday, we are starting up a brand new series called The Five Things I Wish I Knew About Following Jesus. Leading up to this series, we reached out to a group of people who've been following Jesus for years, and we just asked the question, what do you wish that you would have known? And so throughout these five weeks, we're just going to be tackling the five main things that we heard, the five main things that we were told. And I know, I know for myself, just even speaking personally, I only wish that I could have heard these five things when I began to follow Jesus. But the truth is, whether you're new to following Jesus or you've been following Jesus for years, this series is going to be a super practical, practical series that you will not want to miss. Again, it starts up next week. I'll be kicking off the series myself. We're excited about that. I also want to let you know, uh, right now, we are in one of the most exciting seasons, if not the most exciting season right now as a church at every campus. We have some really cool news uh, that we're going to be sharing in the weeks and months to come. And just know that we would love to have you be a part of what God is doing here in this church. If you're a perfect person, if you're a perfect family, uh, honestly, this is not the right church for you. But if you are imperfect in every way, and if you just know that you desperately need Jesus in your life, gosh, we would love to have have you be a part of what God is up to. And so today, uh, it is Easter, uh, and this year, my wife and I, we made a, had a lapse of judgment. We asked our kids what they thought might be fun to get inside their Easter baskets. And so we asked the question, uh, just to confess, I'm a, I'm a cheap dad. I'm thinking like $10, $15, $20 max each. And so we asked the question. One of my sons says immediately, Dad, I just want gum and candy. I said back, you're my favorite, okay? I love, I love you. You're my favorite son. Another one of my sons said, Dad, I really want Minecraft people. And I'm like, Minecraft people? How expensive can Minecraft people be? I'm sure we can figure that out. We're good at that. My oldest son, he just said, he's like, Dad, this year my Easter basket, I just want money. I just want cash. If you would pray for my oldest son, uh, Easter is not a way to make a cheap buck. I'm like, you just want cash inside? Like, what do you, what else do you want? You know what I'm saying? And then my daughter, she piped up and she said, Dad, what I really want this year for Easter is I want a squish mallow, a squish mallow. And I'm like, squish mallow. Is that like candy? Like marshmallows, like peeps or something? And she's like, Dad, you are so cringe. No, I want a, I want a squish mallow. I want a cow squish mallow that they, that they have at Costco. 
Now, first off, our family doesn't go to Costco because we have no reason to want 18 jars of pickles. And so I'm like, how do you know what's at Costco? You've never been inside of Costco. And then I'm like, how much does this cow squishmallow cost? And I'm like, like, how much is this? She's like, it's $35 and his name is Connor. I'm like, we're not paying $35. This is not Christmas, why don't you tell Connor to have his rich dad give me $35? We're not paying $35 for a Squishmallow. Well, in case you're wondering, Connor, the cow Squishmallow, is currently sold out at Costco. I know some of you are sad. Unfortunately for you, I did find him on the line. He's currently 250 bucks for Connor the Squishmallow. I don't know about you, but more than the news, when I see stuff like this, I'm worried about where our world is headed. I'm like, where, where are we going right now? Jesus, please come back soon. Uh, truthfully, though, to all of you, a huge happy Easter to each and every one of you. Again, we're, we're thrilled you're here. Speaking of Easter, today we are going to be looking at the Easter story through the eyes of one of Jesus' closest friends. We're looking at the Easter story through the eyes of a guy named Peter. And just so we know, before meeting Jesus, Peter was called Simon. And Simon Peter was a fisherman. And one day he was out fishing when Jesus approached him and his brother and he invited Peter to come and follow him. And from that moment on, Peter was a part of the 12 disciples. He was one of Jesus' closest friends. And for three years, Peter was with Jesus. Like for three years, Peter listened to Jesus teach. He, he hung out with Jesus. He walked with Jesus. He, he literally lived with Jesus. He, he saw Jesus do miracles, walking on water, giving sight to the blind, feeding 5,000. Just to say it again, for three years, Peter was with Jesus. And for the most part, it was pretty amazing. But the truth is, it got a lot more difficult. You see, Jesus ended up getting arrested. And when he was, Peter's asked three different times if he, if he knows Jesus. Well, in response to these questions, instead of Peter saying, yes, I'm with Jesus, he's one of my closest friends, and instead of standing up for Jesus, when Jesus needed it the most, instead of being there for him, Peter denied even knowing Jesus, not once or even twice, but three different times. Again, Peter was with Jesus, yet when it mattered the most, he denied even knowing Jesus. Well, as we might know, Jesus ended up being sentenced to death. He's arrested, he's sentenced to death, and he's, and he's killed on a cross. He's abandoned by his friends, he's whipped, he's insulted, he's spit on, he's mocked, his hands and his feet are nailed to a cross, and he does, in fact, die there. He dies this brutal death on a cross, but what happened to Peter, right? What happened to Peter? Many believe that Peter went back to living the same exact life that he did before he met Jesus. I mean, Peter went back to fishing. That's what he used to be, a fisherman. And so he went back to what he knew. He went back to the life that he had before he met Jesus. And I just have to imagine that at this point, at this point, Peter is carrying around so much shame and regret. I just have to believe that he's just lugging around so much shame and regret. I mean, he knows 
that he deserted his best friend when he needed it the most. Peter knows that he was a coward. Is there anything worse than being a coward and knowing you're a coward? He knows that he completely denied knowing Jesus when it mattered the most. Like Peter has to have so much regret that he just wants to hide. Like if I'm Peter, I just want to bury it somewhere and hope it goes away. I just want to not even acknowledge it anymore and just hope I can move on with life. Peter just wants to go back to fishing. It's like if I can just go back to fishing, well, maybe then I won't feel so terrible about what I did to Jesus. Just to ask the question, is there anything in your life or your family's life That's a place of shame and regret. Is there anything there? Like something happened. You did something, a family member did something, and everybody doesn't talk about it. It's that thing and it's that time period of your life, maybe a previous marriage or something in college or, or something your dad did, and it's just like our family doesn't talk about that. You want to get your family angry? You start mentioning that. It's just like off limits. Do you have something that's a, like, like an elephant of shame and regret in your life? This is Peter. But then after all of this, something completely, absolutely unexpected happens. Early on, the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to who? Simon Peter. And John, the one Jesus loved and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple, John, started for the tomb. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He, Peter, saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. This is, this is crazy. The tomb is empty. Jesus isn't there. His, his body is gone. I don't know about you, but I can't imagine if I'm Peter, the range of emotions that I'm feeling in this moment. I'm stunned. I'm, I'm confused. I'm, I'm excited. Possibly I'm feeling even more shame and regret. It's like, am I going to have to look Jesus in the eyes again? But then later on, Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene. And that evening we're told this. When the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came, the risen Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. So Jesus has now appeared to the 12 disciples, which includes Peter minus Judas, and they're all like incredibly excited, right? But the truth is, Jesus, Jesus still hasn't addressed the elephant in the room. I mean, him and Peter still haven't had a chance to talk about it yet. Again, Peter messed up big time. 
This reminds me of being a kid when you, you know, when you screwed up and you know that your parents know that you screwed up and yet you haven't had a chance to talk with your parents yet. And it's like the worst thing ever. It's like, do you still hate me? Like, are we good? Like, are we BFFs again, mom and dad? I love you. Like, are you going to punish me, mom and dad? Because if you are, can we just do it like right now so I can sleep tonight and not like think and agonize about it? Like, can we just get this thing figured out? Ever been there? Again, Jesus still hasn't addressed the elephant in the room. Yet, yet. A few days later, Peter's out fishing again. He's back out doing what he did before he met Jesus. And I just picture Peter still trying to just process and figure all this out. Like, what's Jesus thinking about me? How is he feeling about me? Just all these emotions going through his head. Well, as he, as Peter and a few friends are fishing, a man on shore tells them to throw their nets over to the other side of the boat. And for whatever reason, they listen to this random man. They do it. And they end up catching a boatload of fish, literally a boatload of fish. And in this moment, they realize that it's not just some random man on the shore, but instead they realize it's it's Jesus. When Peter sees that it's Jesus, he immediately jumps off the boat and swims ashore. Once on shore, they end up cooking up some fish and they have breakfast around this fire. And after they eat, Jesus finally addresses the elephant in the room. Just listen to this. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Just to pause here for a second, instead of calling him Peter, the name that Jesus gave him, like Jesus is the one that named him, named him Peter. Instead of saying Peter, Jesus uses his own, his old name. He uses Simon instead. It's like he's hitting hitting the reset button for, 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 for Peter. He's like, I want to start this over. Jesus says, Simon, Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? In response, yes, Lord, Peter said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, You know that I love you. You know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Just so we don't miss this, Jesus asked Peter three different times if he loves him. This isn't random. It's, it's very intentional by Jesus. Jesus is getting specific here and he's saying, Peter, just as you denied me three times, the elephant in the room, just as you denied me three times, I want to give you a chance to say that you love me three times. In this moment, Jesus is like, we are going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. I don't want you to hide anymore. I don't, want you, I don't want you carrying around any more shame and regret. I want to talk about it. I want, I want to address it. Again, Jesus says to Peter, Simon, Peter, do you love me more than these? Peter, I want to talk about it. I don't want you carrying around shame and regret. Do you love me more than these? Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me more than these? Do you, do you love me more than this boatload of fish that you just caught? Do you love me more than your job? Do you love me more than your life, the life that you had before you began to follow me? Do you love me more than these? That's an important question for us to wrestle with as well. 
And maybe for us, the question's a little bit different. Do you love me more than what you want? Do you love me more than what feels good? Do you love me more than your five-year goal, your five-year plan? Do you love me more than your stuff, your car, your house? Do you, do you love me more than what your family wants, more than what your mom wants, more than what your, your spouse wants? Do you, want me, do you love me more than your addiction, more than, more than fitting in? Do you love me more than people liking you? Do you love me more than these? Just to confess, gosh, that's a question I need to wrestle with. Adam, do you love me more? Do you love me more than these? For those of us who are new to God, maybe you're here and you're new to, new to God, you're new to church. Maybe you haven't been in quite some time, but that's you. Just know that we are thrilled that you are here. All week long, I've been praying specifically for you that you would come. Also know that you do not need to believe the same things that we believe to belong here. You got questions, you got doubts, you don't believe in God, you're welcome here. But for all of us, the question I just want to ask is, where are you with Jesus? Where are you with Jesus? Are you interested in him? Do you like him? Do you, do you, do you, do you love him? Again, for all of us, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than these? This question is so important to wrestle with. And to be clear, it's not a question from me. And it's not a question from some random guy. Instead, this question comes from Jesus. Do you love me more than these? Again, Jesus asked Peter three different times because he's trying to get to the deepest part of Peter. He's trying to say, in here, Peter, do you love me? In here, what do you believe about me? In here, not just your actions or your church attendance. In here, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me again? What about us? Where are we with Jesus? Well, in response three different times, Peter says, Jesus, you know that I love you. I'm hurt that you've asked the third time. You know that I love you. And then after this, what happens? Then Jesus said to Peter, follow me. Follow me. After all of this, all Jesus says is follow me. Just to remind us, Peter screwed up big time. As a best friend, I can't imagine anything more hurtful than in my, in my lowest moment having my best friend deny that they even know me. I can't imagine anything worse. And so you'd think that Jesus would, would ask the question, Peter, do you love me? And in response to, to yes, you know that I love you, Jesus would say something like this. Well, then you need to make things right. I mean, if it's us in Jesus' shoes, do you, do you love me? Okay, that's awesome. Now you need to earn my trust back. That's how this works. I don't know if you know how the world works. Do you love me, Peter? Okay, that's awesome. If it's me, then Peter, you might want to start with this and this and this and this and this. And I'm not talking a month. I'm talking a couple of years before I trust you. Jesus, though, is different. He's not like me. He's not like you. Thank God. Instead, all Jesus is concerned about is where is Peter's heart? Where's he at in here? He asked the question, do you love me? 
okay, I believe you. Come and follow me. Do you, do you love me? Okay, I trust you. Let's go. Hey, Peter, do you, do you love me? Awesome, I'm so excited. Come and follow me. Coming back to the heart of this message, what does Easter look like through the eyes of, of Peter? It looks like Jesus coming to us saying, do you love me? Then follow me. What is Easter? Easter is Jesus coming to us after we've screwed up, after we've messed up, him pursuing us, him chasing us down, asking the question, do you love me? Okay, I don't need any explanation. Come and follow me. I choose you. I pick you. I want to be with you. That's Easter. You love me, okay, then follow me. Today, I'm not sure why you're here. Maybe you're here because you come every week, because you love Jesus, which is just awesome that you're at this place. Maybe you come every week, not because you love God, but because it's a ritual, it's a routine. It's just like what your parents did and what your family does, and so you just need you just, to you just show up to church. Maybe you're here because you come on Easter and Christmas, and that's about it. Just know there's no shame if that's you. Maybe you're here to make somebody happy. You're here to make your girlfriend happy, your, your husband happy, your wife happy, your mother happy, somebody happy. Maybe you're here and you're carrying around so much shame and regret for all your screw-ups or maybe all those secrets that no one even knows about. Your wife doesn't know about it, your family doesn't know about it, your kids don't know about it, but you know about it. And you're just carrying off so much garbage. Maybe you're here and you're just like, Pastor, I don't know why I'm here. I know I'm miserable. I know I'm broken. I know I'm jaded. I know I'm hurting. I don't know why I'm here. Regardless of your reasons, just know Jesus is, is pursuing you. He's, he's chasing you down. And this question is the same question he asked Peter. Do you love me? Then follow me. To be clear, we don't have to figure it all out before we follow Jesus. Thank God. To be clear, we don't have to make things right with God before we follow Jesus, thank God. For, just so you know, we don't have to have all the answers to all the Bible trivia before we follow Jesus. That's, that's not it. Instead, Jesus just says, just come and follow me. Just, just fall in love with me. Just commit yourself to me. Let Easter 2022 be the day that you decided to follow me, decided to be all in. Just like Peter, Jesus wants us to realize that we've screwed up, that we've fallen short, not so we feel shame and condemnation, but so we realize our need for Jesus. Jesus said, I went to the cross to forgive you. That's why I came and I rose from the dead to offer you a new life. The only question that remains is, do you love me? What's not in question is, do I love you? That's been answered for the, since the beginning of all time. The only question is, do you love me? Love me. And if the answer is yes, Jesus is like, no need for ex explanation. That's come and follow me. And so today, is this you? Is this a step for you that you just know God wants you to take? Is anyone here tired of carrying around shame and regret? Jesus came to take that away. Anyone here feel overlooked, unwanted, unlovable? God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Anyone here need a second chance? That's what Easter is all about. 
Anyone looking for joy and peace and and self-control that you don't have, Jesus is the source of all those things. The only question again is, do you love me? Speaking personally, I grew up in the church. My family rarely ever missed, and yet it wasn't until later on in high school that I heard about a relationship with Jesus for the very first time. Growing up, all I thought God wanted from me was to jump through a bunch of religious hoops, get baptized as an infant, make it through confirmation, don't drive your old mom crazy, go to church on Easter and you're good to go. I never knew that God wanted me to know him. I never knew that he wanted to be a part of my life, but it's true for me and it's also true for you. Do you love me? That's the question. Today, if that's you, if you want to follow Jesus, if you're just like, yes, I'm interested in Jesus. Yes, I want to follow Jesus. Yes, I want to, I want to pursue him. I want to commit. I want to recommit my life to him. We're going to pray. And when, when we do, I just want to encourage you to speak the words between you and God. It doesn't have to be audibly, just in your own soul. Tell God these things. I'm not going to have you raise your hand or come up forward here. I just want you to, to speak these words to God. Let's pray. Let's pray. To speak these words to God, Jesus, I've fallen short and I've screwed up. I've screwed up. Or you can say, Jesus, I've, I've sinned. Jesus, I've made mistakes. To say that to him. And then say to him, but Jesus, you died on the cross to forgive me of my sin. That's why you came. You came to forgive me of my mistakes, my regrets, my lies, my secrets my actions. Maybe there's something specific you need to tell them. God, you came to forgive me of this. And then tell them, Jesus, you rose from the dead. You rose from the grave to give me a new life. To hit reset, just like you did for Peter. God, would you give me new life? Just tell them. And then say to him, Jesus, today I want to follow you. Jesus, today, I want to be with you. For the rest of my life, you are my Lord, the one who's in control, and you are my Savior, the one who's rescued me. Father, we're so grateful for who you are. We're thankful for the cross and the empty tomb. It's not five steps to a better life. It's not positive thinking. It's only the cross and the empty tomb that forgives us of our sin and makes us brand new from the inside out. We join in today with the millions of millions of people around the world that are celebrating the empty tomb, God. We just are so grateful for who you are. We're grateful that in our lowest moments, after our biggest screw-ups and blunders, just like with Peter, you come to us and you ask the question, do you love me? Then follow me. God, today we say yes. We say yes to that. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus. All God's people said, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message moved you in any way, be sure to subscribe to the podcast to never miss your dose of encouragement. You can also follow us on social media with the handle at I am Embrace. Again, we are thrilled you took the time to join us today. And if you live anywhere near one of our locations in South Dakota and Minnesota, we would love to have you join us in person. You can find out more and start a conversation at imembrace.com. Thanks again for listening and have a great week.